Hi there, and welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. Our vision is to find sanctuary in Christ, and then to be sanctuary to each other, and express sanctuary to this city. And so, for us, success is loving well, one person at a time. And if we can help you in any way, please do feel free to reach out, jump onto our website, sanctuarysf.com, and we would love to connect. Anyway, back to the podcast. Okay, so today we're going to carry on this kind of next section. The first section was very much, I mean, this is an overstatement, but in simple terms, like us vertically in God, right? Our identity from God as a result of the gift of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, that you are actually, you kind of look different, as it were, in the eyes of God. He's done something incredibly significant. But this second section, which is like Ephesians 2 and 3, is much more now, in a sense, I guess now starting to look at somewhat of the, hey guys, welcome, almost more of like the, the horizontal element of human relationships, yeah? And Paul has been wanting them to understand their identity, not just so they'll go, oh, I feel all nice and fuzzy, although he wants us to feel loved, but that it would have teeth. It would have like a practical, nitty-gritty, daily impact because we are incredibly relational beings. You can't help but be relational. And he's trying to help this church in Ephesus and help our church draw upon not just the world's very small coping mechanisms. Or let me ask you this question. How do you think people in this world try and have unity? In your family, upbringing, or in your marriage, what are some of the, just shout them out, some of the ways that we try and stay unified? Avoid conflict. (laughs) Thank you, Douglas. Absolutely, avoid conflict. What else? Have parties. Have parties. That's right. What else? What else do we do to try and avoid conflict, or rather to try and stay unified? We be two-faced. We be two-faced, yeah? We say one thing, and then privately we say a whole load of other things. That's right. There's a whole load of different ways that we try and have relational unity, which actually are super fragile. But Paul is giving us access to like the crown jewels, as we'd say in England. The crown jewels, the kind of treasure trove of supernatural power from God to radically live really close to the people that you're really different to. Look around this room right now. Okay, look around the room. Look how different we are. We've got Spaniards, we've got Brits, we've got kids, we've got older people, we've got people who are going to vote in one way. <laughs> Uh, in a couple of days and some who are going to vote another way and some who think we should wear masks and some who don't, don't think we should and everything in between. But we, we are a different, a very diverse group. And Paul rubs his hands and goes, excellent. Diversity is a, is, a, is a means by which Jesus can be glorified. That you will come together in a way that isn't natural. It's not because you're all the same, okay? That's another thing. That's another, that's another way we try and have unity is like let's all be the same the same age the same political persuasion the same background and then we can be unified and it's not real it's just this fragile thing so we are we are trying to understand paul's and god's way of giving us unity 
that is completely different from anything that you would naturally try and do. Who can read for me our verse for the day, which is verse 2, sorry, no, verse 18 of chapter 2. Nice and loud. Verse 18 of chapter 2. Thank you, Jared. Hannah, can you read it as well? For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Okay. Who can remind us what was the big idea last week? What was the first key that Paul gave us for, for unity? Again, no shame if you cannot remember. I know you've had busy weeks. He basically said it's about humility. The first step is humility. Remembering some important things about your life before you were a Christian. If you're a Gentile, which is most of us, he was saying you were far away from even the, the one people on planet Earth who knew God. Okay? And he was just pretty blunt. <laughs> he was trying to humble these, these probably fairly uh, impressive urbanites. Today we have a second key he's going to give us. And we've just heard it read twice. For through him... Who's the him? Jesus. Jesus. Well done. Can't always go too far wrong if you say that. It's good, Chad. We both. Who's the both? Gentiles and Jews. Thank you, Victor. Uh, have access to the Father by one spirit. We both, by him, we both have access to the Father, by one Spirit. Okay, what do you think, what, what jumps out at you in that verse, first of all? What grabs your attention as we read that verse? Both different, different types of people. Okay, can you say a bit more? Yeah, he's, he's, he's talking about the, well, I mean, just really... Really simply, Jews and Gentiles were very different. Okay. And, they, and previously they kept themselves quite separate from each other. Yeah. And part of the, and a, lot, a lot of scripture was about, um, mm -hmm. a, a lot of scripture leading up to the New Testament was about the differences between yes. Jews and Gentiles. Okay. Even when it was good, even when it was be kind to aliens yeah. living with you, but there was still always that division. Yeah, that's great. What else? Anything else jump out at you as you heard that verse read? For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. What catches your imagination or is in your mind's eye? I think the word access mm. uh, stands out to me, of just, especially in that context. Access was limited to a very specific person or very specific times a year, right. like rituals you have to get yes. to. Mm. And so the fact that both now have access Okay. That like conveys familiarity, that conveys rights, that conveys a lot. In okay, that's interesting. Anything else? That's great. Thank you. It feels very equalizing. Mm. Like in the sense that uh, it's not, it doesn't seem to be based on the inherent like goodness or merits of one of the two groups. Mm -hmm. But it's outside of them yeah. that's providing access to God. Yes. Absolutely. Just like room for Uh-huh. So if you were to try and summarize his big idea, the big idea, as we'd say in Ireland, <laughs> what's the big idea? What is he, as simply as you can, 
If you were to try and explain it to a child, how would you put it? What's he saying? What's he getting at? Who wants to have a go? Tyler. How will you explain it to your child? Your future child, how would you explain it? Like anybody can do like take a really sort of complex thing and yeah. put it into like five words and that's yeah. why I was like I am absolutely I'm not <laughs> like I'll let you guys do it and I'll be like yeah okay no worries <laughs> that's fine anyone want to have a go mm-hmm. what's he trying to say yeah Bree uh, we're all connected to God like within the same yeah I love it that's great we're all connected to God. Anything else? Anything else there that you would add, Angela? Yeah. Wow. I love that. Both of those are so so good. Anyone else? Anyone else want to try and summarise it in your own language? I was just going to say. It's- Sorry, not to answer that question, but I was going to say it's really interesting. It mentions all three members of the Trinity. Oh, good spot, that lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't, you didn't tell me that. Before. I didn't tell her that, no. <laughs> They're all working together to bring us to community. I love that! Isn't that amazing? I think it's amazing anyway. That the whole Trinity was like, okay... The Father planned it. That's what the whole of Ephesians is one, one is about. The Father, the Father, the Father. He chose you before he made Jupiter. Wow! And then the Son willingly came to planet Earth and activated it and did it. And he died on the cross and he rose from the dead. And then he was so excited about this person called the Holy Spirit. And he even said, it's going to be even better when I go because then he can come and he is going to come and give you power to have faith in his plan. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? I think that's, this is one of the most Trinitarian, i.e. the Christian God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, Trinity. Trinitarian verses in the whole Bible. I love that. So I think what we're trying to say, this is my attempt. Okay, I'm trying to make it as simple in my little head as possible. If lesson one last week was like, unity requires humility, yeah? I think what he's saying here is unity thrives on accessibility. So he's, I think he's saying um, humans, if they don't have access 24 hours, seven days a week to a loving, kind, wonderful father, Abba, they're going to always struggle to have unity. Right, We're going to overheat our relationships. We're going to go, oh, that person has to understand me and has to agree with me or else I can't really be close to them. Right? Anyone here feel like that? Of course we do. We all do. So we're going to overheat these, ver- these horizontal deals unless we're actually designed to have the presence of a third person amongst us all the time. Unity thrives on our accessibility to the resurrected Christ by the Spirit. And he's actually on this 
field with us right now. The Bible says we can't see him yet with our eyes, but by the Spirit, he is totally here. Now, just think about this for a moment. Is it not true? Anyone here ever had like a kind of, you know, like a stalemate where you just cannot relationally get through something with someone else? Put your hand up if you've ever felt something like that. Yeah. Uh, And most of us, if not all of us, have had that. And normally we try those other coping mechanisms, right? We just say nice things to them or we gossip behind their back or we just avoid conflict altogether or we, um, I don't know, a whole load of other things. This is the big idea, is that Paul is saying to these bunch of Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians, you can be utterly close because you both have access to someone who is a real person and his particular presence is actually going to change your previous animosity to each other. So anyone here seen The Chosen? Yeah? Most of us have seen The Chosen. If you haven't seen The Chosen, are you? it's such a brilliant show. It's, it, it, you see, what I saw recently was when Jesus was picking the disciples. This is so obvious, I knew it in my head, but I'd never seen it. Like two of the main disciples are Peter, Simon Peter, and Matthew. And Simon Peter, anyone know about Simon Peter? What was he like? Well, he was very, very, very like passionate. And he was very likely a very nationalistic Jew, right? Loved Judaism. Jesus also brings into the crew this guy called Matthew. What do we know about Matthew? Tax collector. Were those liked people? No, I mean, they were like traitors. That's not too strong a word. They were like traitors. And Jesus, Matthew, you can see Peter loves Jesus. Peter loves him. And then there's this moment in the program when Matthew gets called. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, what have you done? And, and Peter's like, you see this before, he's like, I love Jesus. He's amazing. He gave me loads of fish and he's great. And then suddenly, Jesus, it's almost like you can feel like he, he almost betrays him because he suddenly involves this awful traitor. And Peter's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? And it's this amazing tension. And you feel this tension because humanly, these guys are never, ever going to get on. Okay, they can, they can talk about their different political views forever. Okay? And they're never, ever going to (laughs) come. They're never going to get close. And this is the wonder of the gospel. It is just the particular personality of Jesus somehow, in a good way, dominating that relationship that empowers Peter to somehow be around Matthew, who he despises, and Matthew to be around Peter. I mean, it's... It's the big, it's you see in these guys, this little microcosm of like, ah, you know, that right now, imagine the person who's hurt you most in your life, okay? Imagine that person who you most want to just, yeah, if you weren't, you know, yeah, you like to, you like to have a strong words with. And now imagine them like close with you and Jesus' love for that person as well as his love for you. That's hard, isn't it? Right? That's hard. So 
what, Peter, what, what uh, Paul is getting at here is that this, this design of coming together, though, is only possible through the presence of Jesus Christ, his actual, tangible, real presence. So why, let me ask this question, why do you, what is it about Jesus's presence or the presence of the Father? Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So what is it about the presence of the Father or Jesus that enables unity? Any thoughts? Why is it that Jesus's presence enables people to come close? Well, for me, that What's means that if Jesus has loved that person, right? Who am I to not love that person? Too? Can you say that a little bit more? That's so helpful. Yeah. So, how arrogant of me to think that I cannot love a person that the God of the universe loves? Mm. Yeah. So, so good. I, I'm just putting myself yes. in like in a higher mm -hmm. position than the God of the universe. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Does it expose stuff in your heart? Yeah. Give me like one thing it exposes. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. It's so helpful, Victor. What were you gonna say, Tyler? Yeah, no, I was gonna say, um, in a real practical way, he is a source of like unity. Yeah. And if individuals, you know, who either like hate each other or are like totally different, mm -hmm. um, have this like truth, it's at least a like foundation in which yes. everyone is able to work on. Yes. Uh, and that can Okay. Yeah. Anything else? These are great answers. It takes away the... Sorry. Uh, you can first fill and then Doug. It takes away the, um, the hierarchy among the people who are underneath them. Yes! Suddenly you're like, whoa, let's be honest, we're just people. <laughs> Jesus is here! That's so good, Phil. I love that. Yeah, Doug? I just think when you, when you know who God is, when you know the Father, you receive your identity from him. So in a humanistic sense, we all want to base our identity on what is true, like where we came from, who our parents are, what we look like. But when we get our identity from the Father, it just transcends all of that. Wow. So those things that are true about us from which we try to derive identity yeah. are what we use to compare ourselves to other people. Mm -hmm. But when we receive our identity from the Father, based upon who he is, we don't see any of that. Like yeah. we're all in the same family. There's the unity of like, we're, we're literally in the same family. There's yes. no point of difference or, or no point of differentiation. That's so good. Anything else? Sarah? If you recognize in yourself that God loves you even when you're wrong, it's a lot easier to see that someone you disagree with is loved by God. Yeah. Even if you think they're wrong. Absolutely. Wow. None of us have our right about everything. No. Being right isn't a prerequisite. Yeah. I love that. I mean, when I was thinking about this, I guess it, I, I guess there's 
two key elements in my head, my heart, that mean I have more hope for unity with someone between me and them when, when I almost imagine Jesus like there, like literally. There's two things. Number one, I feel safe. I feel like Jesus gets me. So, because when we're with someone that we don't feel close to, right, we feel threatened, yeah? That's what's going on. We feel like, I don't feel safe around this person. They have different views or whatever, and it makes me feel uh, I'm not safe. So the first thing that Jesus' presence does is with everyone, it's amazing. Like you were saying, Sarah, he frees you to, you don't even have to be right, but you just know that he knows you. He's like, I see you, Scott. I see your opinion. I see it, bro. I don't worry. I, I hear it. It's amazing. But I think the challenge element of it is that it does, Jesus' presence, to state the obvious, helps us to be more self-aware as well. Not just safe, safe but self-aware of our own, our own imperfections, which suddenly means we can go, wait a minute, maybe I haven't entirely seen this accurately. Yeah, maybe there's some reason why this person thinks a little bit different. And I mean, I, I'll be honest, I mean, this might get me in trouble, but coming to the, to the US, as a British person, I'm, like I have, I'm right in the eye of the hurricane of seeing and a really different worldview here. And, and some friends I talk to in uh, one political persuasion, and I think I really respect you and I really trust you, and that's your view. And then I'll talk to someone else from a totally different political persuasion. And I'll, oh, that's confusing. Cause, cause that's really interesting as well. Oh, and, and at times I just also, being a British person, I, I just, you know, are, there's times where I feel so different. And I just think, man, how do I get close to a country when the US history is so different from the UK history, right? And it's not better or worse, it's just different. And I feel like this is so, I feel really personally for me, this is like a real word for, for me personally, like, oh, he doesn't expect me to try and do it on my own. It's like with the presence of Jesus. I had this experience a few years ago when um, I, I, there was a, a guy who was really, I was really, really close to, another leader. And over time, we just kept on like missing each other, you know, communication wise. But it didn't, it just to me, it felt like he was wrong. And he was wrong, clearly, you know. I was just like, what, a, why is he doing this? It's really hurting me. And then I'd try and be brave and tell him and then he wouldn't even seem apologetic. And this was someone I was so close to. And over those months, I got more and more like, just raw. And so I got like hypersensitive to probably to everything he was doing and it was really bad. In the end, we had a curry as a, as a you know, solution. Equalizer. That was, but the more important thing was, we invited a real mutual friend to it. And he, this mutual friend, he, I realized I was really safe with him he knew me, but he also knew I, he kind of would, he would be honest about my own weaknesses. And he also was like that with the other guy. And I remember we sat there eating our curry, it was all a bit tense. But then we started to talk. And then this person, his, just his presence, this, this mutual friend changed something. I felt safe, but I also felt like, 
lovingly challenged that I was also probably misunderstanding some of this guy's perspective. And all I can, now this guy's not Jesus, right? He's just a guy. But it reminded me a little bit of this much bigger truth that as Christians, as Christians, we can genuinely be close to each other. But the great key is knowing that we are in the presence of Christ, in the presence of the Father, and his personality. I mean, let me just stretch this to the end of the... the when we get to the end of all time, right, it's crazy there's going to be... It's going to be Christians, like... If you imagine yourself with a brother or sister that you still feel like you're not quite unified with, imagine on that day when Jesus is finally fully visible. Man, in a heartbeat, you're going to know, man, I was harboring judgment or whatever it might be. And he's kind of hinting here, like, live now in the light of that day. Final question, then we'll finish. Who's the, who's the, the member of the Trinity that actually makes this like really possible now? We've talked about Spirit. Jesus, the Father. Said, Tim? Holy Spirit. So how do we, how, so how do we practically, what do we do with this? Like on a Monday morning, what does this mean practically for us? How does the Holy Spirit enable us to be able to be really close to people who are really different to us? Any thoughts? Right. Mm-hmm. He gives us love. That's good. I, I think he just helps us see clearly. So like, yeah, like he helps us see the other person. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. You think about the fruit of the spirit, love, patience, joy, peace, you know, all those things. You think about big conflict resolution and you, you know, you think about the big tension and you think about, you know, potential, like having an argument or whatever, but really what's going to solve that is uh, that relational conflict mm-hmm. is if at least someone can lead in that, in that relationship with patience, with love, mm-hmm. with joy, with seeing. Yeah. So I think that hard work that he produces in you over time, little right. by little, is yeah. just so key to it. So I guess... I guess it feels like what you're saying is like the Holy Spirit, he is giving us like the qualities of the Father. If he's loving and kind and patient, which is why we want him in that midst, he, the Spirit is like, here, become like your dad a bit more. Here he is. Here's, here's some love. I know you're not very loving normally, Tom, but here we go. There's a squirt of love when it feels a bit difficult. It's true. Isn't it true? Like the Spirit of God he is able to do something in terms of making the Father really practically real.